Hello and welcome. It is your money. I'm Susie Jones helping you out this next hour. If you have a financial question for today's speakers, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that number is one eight 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 six advice You can also email a question to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. You can also use this number to text or call our studio line for the next hour at 651-461-9226. Now here is the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and financial advisor, Bruce Helmer, and senior vice president and financial advisor, Peg Webb. Hello to both of you. Welcome. Good good morning, both of you. How are you? Hello, Peg. Hello, Susie. As always, great to be with both of you ladies. Hey, Susie yeah. um, and listeners, um, I, 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 Peg and I are going to talk a little bit today about feeling stress uh, when markets are bad or you're worried about your investments or you're worried about retiring when you want to. And we, I, I, it's a good topic and it's something I think we need to talk about, but uh, I don't know that it's going to fill the whole hour today. So we'd love to have listeners chime in, not only with any and all financial questions, but if they're feeling stress or they're worried or they have sleepless nights, if they want to chime in and talk about what they're feeling and why, we would take those calls and try to address those as well. So everything, as, as Susie said, 651-461-9226. So Peg, let's, let's jump into this. Financial stress, we know it's real. There's all kinds of surveys out there that talk about the percentage of people. I, I, I read somewhere that 72% of people report they're feeling stressed about money or have at least sometime within the last 30 days. What, what, what do you take from this? Well, I, I actually really don't blame people. Um, y- you've heard me on this show several times talk about the media. And the media is a great source of information for getting current news and, and things that are going on around the world. But what I feel is that sometimes they go overboard on just reporting the negative. So why are people feeling stressed? Well, there's a lot of things happening in the world today. And, you know, inflation is one of them. So every single one of us, that's going to purchase something today, whether it be gas, and yes, it's down some, but more than it was last year. Food, especially, is up. And everybody out there is feeling it. Uh, Their discretionary money that they used to be able to have some fun with or buy something outside the box seems to be really stressed. So when it comes to money, And I think money in general, even without the given times, Bruce, um, I feel like I, even in the job that I do, that I certainly should have gotten a degree in psychology because (laughs) all of us, seriously, all of us are, are made up of particular traits, like when we're born. And then when we grow up and we, we live life, You know, those particular ones that we're born with are still there, but then we learn a lot of new traits along the way. So um, Wealth Enhancement Group is very much aware that when we work with clients, uh, that we have to understand them to the point where we almost should have a psychology degree, Bruce. Yeah, and and I didn't laugh because it was a joke. I laughed because it's so true, and it struck me as, you know, 
so on the mark. I think oftentimes, even though we don't have a formal degree, we do kind of serve the role of, of therapist or counselor for clients. Um, so, Peg, my first thought when, when I saw the topic uh, for today, my first thought was this seems to be the classic example of what you and I talk about all the time, which is don't worry about things that you can't control. We can't control where the stock market goes. We can't control inflation. We can't control interest rates. Yet people worry and fret about all those things. And I'm not being insensitive. I get why they do. I get why there is stress. But again, to the extent that you can, I would tell everyone listening, focus on things that you can control. You can control how much money you save. You can control your spending. You can control uh, how you invest. You can control whether you get help from uh, an advisor or not. There, there's things that you can do that, that it just I've, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this myself, I guess, at not worrying about things I have no control over because I can't control those things. But I know not everybody's, you know, has perfected that skill set yet. Peg, what do you think? Bruce, you're the opposite of me. I want to control <laughs> everything. And I worry about everything. I worry about my clients. I worry about my family. I worry about this blah, blah, blah window that's going to come in next month. I worry about everything. So it's exhausting. But yet I thrive on that. And so when we're talking about, you know, overall personalities, and this is a big deal. I mean, you, you, you literally probably know yourself and you know that when the markets are down and you know you're going to feel stressed. Um, you do have to reach out to someone. And, and I, I want to repeat, Bruce, we say this a lot on this show, is our clients have a good understanding of who they are, how we think, and the fact that we have a plan. So we'll come full circle back to that. But the real cause, causes of stress are, you know, you, you're not familiar with a particular situation or you've already witnessed this particular situation with the market going down and it wasn't good and it was so stressful, but yet you know on the backside that every time it's come back, but it doesn't matter because this time's going to be different. I mean, that's what your brain is constantly saying. Nope, this time's different. This time's different. I don't know how this is going to come out. And so I would say that some people are heightened Every time we go through this and it doesn't matter, they just, it's just part of their makeup. So the good news is, is they lean on people like you and I to put them to your side, Bruce, where you say you can't control what you can't control. And just the demeanor and the way that you say it, Bruce, is very calming. And so people know that deep down, they know what you're saying is true but they need to talk out loud to someone and someone to give them facts to convince them that that's actually what's going to happen. Bruce? You know, um, so this, this issue of financial stress, we, we said at the beginning, this has been a reality forever. I mean, we know this. We, we, you, know, you can look at 
Um, the divorce rate, and often cited as one of the primary reasons for divorces, disagreements or stress over money. I mean, so there's a long history and a lot of data that, that people feel financial stress. This is not new. But Peg, my observation, and I want to see what you think, two things. Number one, I think somehow the pandemic, the shelter in place, the hunker down, the, the COVID has somehow enhance the financial stress. Now, some people have said, because we had to hunker down, I actually spent a lot less money and, I, and, I have, and, and I'm better off financially. But whether that's true or not, I think that stress from COVID seeps into everything, including finances. But the other big one, and this is you know, not new, is this happened quite a while ago, but I think it's still fresh in people's minds. I think the American psyche permanently changed in 2008. I think, you know, you and I have both been in business way before 2008, and we saw human behavior before that and after that. And I think since the crash of 2008, people are more pessimistic or more sure that every every market retraction, here's 2008, it's going to happen all over again. I think that has forever changed the psyche of, of, of Americans. I think those two things are big influencers in this stress or negativity that people are feeling. Don't you think so, or, or am I all wet? No, I, I actually really agree with you on that. I once again feel like we're in our offices, you know, doing these reviews, telling people how it is different, meaning some concrete information of how it is different. So, you know, we talk about the fact that this is an economic cycle. And we've talked about this on the show in the recent past and why we believe it's different. But I don't see headlines every single day that pop up on my feeds that say, hey, listen to this side of the story. You know, um, educating people out there because we are glued and especially because of covid to our iPads and television and the messaging that's out there. And I think part of it too, Bruce is, and, and I maybe shouldn't say it on the show, but I, I believe it's a lot of political too, like the political divide and, and people are just like, arr, arr, you know, like their first reaction is just like anger. And I see this just in the people in the community that I live in, you know, they're clearly divided and they want to talk about it. And I don't talk about it with anyone because the job that we do, we don't take sides. We're a neutral party that can actually help clients talk through, you know, what they're thinking about, what they're believing in, and then just give them what we believe are some facts that maybe they shouldn't think that way or think, you know, or think more neutral like you and I do so that they don't make negative moves or they don't um, like I talk about like they're not going to fall off the roller coaster because they're so conditioned to think this one way Bruce yeah I think you're right that um, politically we're as, as a country we're as divided as, as I can ever remember us being and I think that does influence the stress and the negativity and, and I and I see it with clients I, I see people that you know, that are right-leaning when the left is in power, they're, oh, woe is me, the sky is falling. And the opposite, yeah. when the left-leaning people when the right's in power, they're, they're convinced, you know, it, things are horrible. 
And, yeah, we're neutral, and we have to be because we have to look at the facts and the reality, and we can't be influenced by the politics. But I think you're right. I think that people are. And I also, Peg, you made a great point, and, and I didn't emphasize it or jump on it with you, and I should have, about the media. And, and you know, when, when I criticize the media, we're part of it. We're doing this this show right now. People are listening. But, you know, a couple of things. I've said this many times before. When there's a big retraction in the market, let's say the market goes down, you know, the Dow's down 800 points, I will invariably get several phone calls from different media outlets to come on and comment about it. But I don't think I've ever had a phone call from any media outlet when the market goes up 800 points. They only want to talk about the story when it's negative, when it's bad, when people when people are afraid. And I guess fear sells. I guess it's you know it's marketing and it's rating and it's, and it's all those things. But I think yeah, sometimes the media does do a disservice. Here's another one. So I bet you this is going to shock our listeners. The market has been up four weeks in a row. And I bet most people don't know that. Everybody's still saying, oh, it's horrible this year. Oh, the market's down. Oh, it's, yeah, the market was down over 20% the first six months of the year. But the last several weeks, last four in a row, the markets have been up. So uh, annually, it's still down, but it's not down as much. It's been coming back. But I, you don't see stories about that. I don't think people even are aware of that. I, I again, I, I'm I'm highly confident. I just surprised a lot of our listeners with with that statement, with that fact. So again, you're uh, you're absolutely right, Pig. A lot of this is media. Well, and I think if I ran the entire world, Bruce, that I would. You should, completely... and you should. <laughs> I would completely switch this around, not to the point where I'm not telling the truth or I'm, you know, having butterflies fly over all of my statements that I make. No, it wouldn't even take that much to just give some positive views on things. Why are we talking about this? Because these are the things we talk about with our clients. You know, what's important to you? What values are you living by? And, and, we all know that there's uncertainty in the future, but how do you go kind of day to day? And we even talk about gratitude in our offices. Like when I, when people sit down with me, I'm like, what's the best thing that's happened to you in the last six months? You know, tell me something about your family or, I mean, the people just light up and they completely forget about the fact that the media is negative And, you know, so that's what's important to them. And it's, a, it's, a, it's our job to, to bring that out in them and just remember, yes, we have a very serious job here. We're working together to make sure that you have enough money to live for the rest of your life. We're also here if your wishes and wants are to leave a legacy to your family. We're, we're, we're all of that. But also we have to prop people up and make sure that they're talking about what's important to them and then also you know, what you said, Bruce, control what you can control. And then we only have so much time on this earth. And I think as we get older, Bruce, and I don't know about you, but I value a lot more things today than I did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And so do our clients. And it's just a matter of recognizing that, um, especially during these times, Bruce. I like where you went. So we're, the, the, what I was going to do next, and you kind of beat me to the punch, we've been talking about stress and gloom and things are bad and blah, blah, blah. But then I was, I'm sitting here thinking, well, 
who wants to listen to us talk about how awful things are? What are some solutions to these feelings? What can people do about it? And you kind of went down that road. So when we sit with clients, we remind them that planning starts with your core values, who you are, what's important to you, and then we've developed some goals and objectives for you based on those core values. And when you look at your life, there's obviously things to be grateful about. So you, you said it first. Um, find gratitude, find the good things in your life. What else can people do if they're, if they're suffering, if they're worrying, if they're struggling with financial stress? Find gratitude is the first one. What, what else would you coach uh, listeners and clients to do if they're fighting with this? If you're fighting with this, I believe, and I think I'm right, that you're probably not organized. You're probably not having some concrete feelings about you know, what actually do you have? Do you have a consolidated statement of your account? Do you have a projection of what income you can live off of if indeed you might lose your job or you have the confidence to go switch jobs or retire early? So Wealth Enhancement Group has a three-step process. We actually help people because a lot of people are not, that's not their first unique ability is to consolidate and organize. And so we help people, we consolidate their finances. Um, we're just looking at every piece of your financial information, whether it's insurance, old insurance things you have out there, you know, your wills, your investments, your um, anticipated uh, paycheck for the rest of your life. And then once we have that organized, we have to collaborate. I personally I know a lot about everything to be dangerous in every single area. And so our unique ability at Wealth Enhancement Group is leaning on each other. That's why we have the roundtable. I don't know everything about everything. Um, and, and I admit it because there's so much to know. And people out there that feel like they know everything you need to know about your finances um, and you're doing it for your entire family, uh, that would give me stress. So, and then lastly, Wealth Enhancement Group then creates a guide. We need a plan. I feel like, and Bruce, you say this all the time, people who have a plan do better than people who don't or people who have a financial advisor or lean on someone that knows things or they're doing it day to day. But to me, if I didn't have a plan, my personality is if I didn't have a plan for everything in my life. Now, I, I do have the reputation of like moving the pieces and moving people to to you know, go towards my plan, but you need a plan to have confidence that you and your family are going to be okay. Bruce. Um, I'm glad you went there and, and this is going to probably time out pretty good actually, because we only got a couple minutes left and we're due for a break. But I think so much of this duress can be mitigated if you have a plan and you're working your plan and you know you have it, I tell people all the time, our clients, Peg, when we get started on a plan, I tell them we're going to have a plan that's not only going to work under the best of circumstances. In fact, that's easy. Any, any, you know, anyone can do that. But we're going to have a plan that's flexible and adaptable, and it's going to work under the worst of circumstances. If life throws you curveballs, if, if you get sick, if you lose a job, if you take a cut in pay, if you whatever, we're going to have a plan that you're going to be successful no matter what. And if people have that and they believe that, I, that's got to mitigate a lot of their stress. It all comes down to planning 
to satisfy your goals based on your core values. Um, I mean, it really is that simple, isn't it? Well, one thing I want to add is... But it really comes down to that, right? And one thing I want to add is it's, it's actually even more simple if you're all by yourself. Then if you add a significant other or a spouse or something like that, and you try to con- combine those two people, then I think it takes a higher level of guidance. Uh, and that's where I feel like we do such good work is when you've got a couple or a, two significant others, that kind of thing, Bruce. Well, good stuff. All right, Susie, second half of the show, we we hope listeners will drive us any and all financial questions. But again, if they want to chime in and talk about this stress or talk about the bad market or talk about inflation or things that are making them nervous, they're, you know, we'll, we'll uh, entertain any and all questions and uh, look forward to them. All right. Remember, if you are listening right now and you want to share something that you're going through emotionally when it comes to finances, feel free to call us right now at 651-461-9226. Again, that number is 651-461-9226. We do have a couple of text questions for you as well. Some folks asking for advice about a a daughter starting a new job. So we'll get to some of those text questions about what's happening in your world. Also, if you want to share a story about the stress that you're under, or maybe you got out from under the stress and you want to share that story. That's all after the break. Welcome back. It is your money reminding you if you have a financial question for Bruce or Peg, you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is one eight 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 six advice or you can also email a question at your money at wealthenhancement.com. And the number to call or text right now for the next 25 minutes is 651-461-9226. We've got folks on the line. We've got text questions, as I mentioned, Bruce and Peg. I want to share, though, quickly a personal story. Just seeing my future financially on paper in a little notebook made me feel better. Do you know what I'm saying, both of you, Bruce Pegg, that to see the calculation, I always kind of knew it was there, but to really see it with the pension and the Social Security and 401K made my stomach feel better. And Peg, you know, you talk about wanting to control things. I mean, that's when you're disorganized, you feel out of control, you feel nervous. But once you get that on paper, it makes you feel better. And either one of you can respond to that, and then we'll get to our calls and texts. Peg? Yeah, I would. I totally agree with you. And I, I, I believe having it on paper is a great step for a lot of the personalities out there. I will also admit um, I have the same makeup, not identical, that everyone out there listening has, meaning, you know, I already divulged that I'm very much a control nut. And, um, and it's actually gotten me a lot of great things in my life, being that. But I also have emotions, and I have emotions about the fear of this, the fear of that. So I'm, I am human. And when it comes to my finances, and I think a lot of people out there, when I tell them this, they're going to go, what? She knows everything about everything. But when, when it comes to my money, 
I actually get guidance from people. I will go to the Bruce Helmers of the world and other um, departments on our roundtable and ask them questions about myself and my situation because it's not just a one-track, this is how a financial plan works, right? We don't have the, the book of all the steps that if you follow every single one of them, you're going to have success financially. It is a lot of art, you know, so we've got these rules and regulations and things that we follow in our industry. But then there's a lot of art, like how do you create that paycheck? Are you going to have enough money for the rest of your life? Do you want to buy that second home? There's so many artful things. And I wanted to tell you, Susie and Bruce, that I actually need help sometimes. Even though I know, I feel like confident about everything, but you want to have somebody that you can say that that's a good plan, Peg. You know, knowing your situation, you're on the right track or you're not. Bruce? And I just, I just want to quickly say, Susie, um, and, and I'm not surprised you feel that way. I would say that is what happens about 99.99% of the time. So uh, I'm not surprised. Let's get listeners involved. And uh, anything else that Peg and I didn't cover about financial stress, we'll probably get to it one way or another, answering questions from listeners. All right. Again, 651-461-9226. We'll take Ellen first. She is on our WCCO Newsline. Ellen, you're on with Bruce and Peg. Thank you for taking my call. I am a frequent listener. I make a point to listen every Sunday, so thank you. I'm single, 67 and a half, and I semi-retired in July. Since most of my money is in tax-deferred accounts, my goal is to convert as much to Roth as possible before I start Social Security at age 70. But I'm a firm believer in written guidelines, as you uh, just mentioned, but what's included in a, a written retirement plan, especially because things constantly change. Hmm. Guys? Ellen, uh, that is, first of all, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for the kind words, and thank you for a great question. So, Peg, language, and, and Ellen, you know, I, I said in the first half of the show that a financial plan works under all circumstances. It's flexible. It's adaptable. Life is going to throw you curveballs. And then Ellen just re-reminded us things are going to change. So what does the what does the language look like to start with, and how and when do we change? Let's just kind of talk about that globally and hopefully answer Ellen's question and uh, other similar questions that listeners might have. Yeah, so I'll just start with a financial plan is very complex. Uh, so in the first step, you know, when you share all your information, then we go through it and, and, and our roundtable makes observations. Like if we were in your shoes, what would we do? So that's just generally. Then a part of that financial plan, and I think this is what you're um, getting at, Bruce, is we do financial forecasting. You know, what kind of uh, paycheck could you rely on for the rest of your life? And that takes guesses, right, or history of returns or, you know, um, an idea of what you're going to spend. And, and we have people fill out an expense worksheet because, by the way, not many people know even where their money is going. So that's a good start. But when you bring up Roth conversion. This is a big year for Roth conversions, and I know the market has recovered over the last four weeks, but an excellent time to do a Roth conversion 
is before you turn on Social Security. If you've got some cash in the bank um, to pay the tax to do the conversion. And one of the reasons that I say this is a good time is because when the market's down, imagine getting shares or getting part of these tax deferred dollars, the ones that you have a big IOU to the IRS, into a tax free account. Now you have to wait five years um, or until you turn 59 and a half before you get that tax free growth. But imagine doing that and then the market recovers, which I really believe it will. I don't know when, but now you've got that money in a Roth that's going to recover in that Roth. So Wealth Enhancement Group has what's called a dynamic cash flow that has nothing to do with a financial forecast of income. It's a tax plan. And so Wealth Enhancement Group has tax services, and I would say taxes matter in everything you do. So whether you utilize us as a as a tax tax people, we give some guidance or general information about taxes. We um, also support your CPA and and ask any questions that we have to. But we can run a tax projection, or your CPA can, and just focus on Roth conversions versus thinking, oh, this universal plan. I got to see what that does, you know, longer term. Um, they do work in conjunction, but I have I feel that with a detailed cash flow plan, I get more clients to see the pros and cons of doing conversions versus just using a you know financial forecast with some rate of return and some income coming out. Um, it's more complex, Bruce. Well, I, I just want to compliment Ellen because obviously. She's thoughtful, and whether she's doing this alone or she has an advisor, she's already determined when she's going to draw Social Security. She's already talking about Roth conversions, knowing that she's overweighted and tax-deferred money. This is all good stuff, Ellen. So, um, and again, to the question um, of you know language, I think sometimes we use the terminology financial plan and it's a nebulous term because it can mean a lot of different things. Peg's right. It can be very complex. That includes recommendations like Roth conversion or when to draw Social Security or how to take your pension. Or it might have future value forecasting or, like she said, dynamic cash flow analysis that's, that's uh, uh, focused on tax planning. It can be very, very complex, very detailed, but sometimes it's not. I've had, I've had meetings with people where they've left my office where I've taken a piece of legal pad, and I said, number one, pay off the, your credit cards. Number two, if you can, put enough in your 401K to at least get the, your employer's matching contribution. And I'll hand it to them, and I'll say, once you've accomplished these two things, if the credit card debt is gone, call me back, then maybe step three, we'll start to fund a Roth IRA or whatever. So... It can be very simple. It really depends upon the situation with the client and what their needs are and kind of where they're at in life. But this idea that we do a plan, Peg, you always say, and I love it, you say it better than I do. I'm going to kind of steal your line. A financial plan is not written and we hand it to you. You played it in gold and set it on your mantle and look at it. It's an ongoing process that never ends. So one of the problems, and I don't even like that word, but I don't, I'm not smart enough to think of a better one, Ellen and Susie and Peg and listeners, one of the problems with forecasting or planning or projections 
is they have to be linear. That, that's the only way we can do it. And what I mean by that is we'll make an assumption on what inflation is going to be. We might assume inflation every year is 3%. And we'll make an assumption of what the rate of return on your money will be aggregately. Add it all together. Your cash in the bank, your investments in your retirement plan, everything you've got. We might say it'll average 6% a year. That's a linear projection, and life is not linear. Your money will not make 6% every year. There might not be any year that it makes 6%. It may range from 30% to negative 15 but we're counting on the long-term average coming out at 6% or, or close to 6%. Inflation recently has been much higher than 3 but there were many years in a row where it was a lot lower than 3 So life is not linear. The forecast is And so from time to time, Ellen and listeners, we will update that forecast. We will say, okay, three years ago we did the projections based on these linear assumptions, but here's what really happened in life. Let's do this again. Let's take where we're at now and do this forecast again. So this planning is an ongoing process that really never ends. And and, um, Peg, you always say that way better than I do, but I, I hope that answered Ellen's question. 651-461-9226 if you have a call for Bruce or Peg or a question. I wanted to get to a text question, guys. It says, Peg and Bruce, our daughter has just started a new job with the state. They automatically take 6% out for retirement. They They do not do a match. She has the option of doing pre tax and after taxes. I recommend at least 10%. Um, on something like that, um, they would just kind of curious about what you think they, with a company with the state taking that automatic six percent out. Bruce Peg. Hey, yeah, thank you, Susie. So Peg, what the texter's talking about there, what Susie's talking about, for such a long time, any kind of a retirement plan, you had to opt in, and this is a plan, the state plan where if you don't want to do it, you opt out. The default is is that you are participating in the plan, and I'm not going to argue whether that's good or bad, but I wanted to draw that distinction before I threw it to you to comment on it. A lot of listeners might not have caught that. You know, In the private sector, most of the time you have to opt in, but this is a, a state plan, and you have to opt out. But uh, so, And it's probably a 457. So your thoughts, Peg? Yeah, so one of the things that I think is is just because of what I witness, um, and especially for young people, I don't think it's a bad idea that you're forced to take some money and save it for your retirement. I mean, people, it used to be kind of a pension, right? It used to be, and maybe this person will have a pension if they're there a long time. But yet it's similar to a pension where it was kind of behind the scenes where the company was putting money into a bucket and they were putting it in for your behalf. And so I feel like because of behavioral science and what we've been talking about today, we may see more um, more of this where, the, where you default to uh, you have to put it in. But it sounds like this one you do. But what I want to talk about and what I think this young person should do is then – do a plan outside their work plan and start to contribute. I love it when young people look at Roth contributions. So if you have some extra money and you want to put it into a vehicle, 
if young people put in and paid the tax today, because you're probably in a lower tax bracket than you're going to be down the road, then you know, you, you've already paid tax on the money, you put it in a Roth, and then you follow these rules, and you can grow that tax-free for a very long time. And I wish our, our uh, school system would just, it's kind of like my rant about the media, would just hype, you know, this ability to put money into an account and grow it tax-free for the future, because these young people are millionaires just in time, meaning they have the power of compounding for so long versus a 60 year old or a 70 year old that has a million dollars, they've got just a plethora of ability to be a millionaire. If you start early, Bruce. Peg, what do you tell people when they have an option to either go Roth or traditional or pre-tax or after tax? Um, I know the answer, but I want, <laughs> I want you to tell listeners, how do you, how do you help people determine that? Whether they, well, whether they we, should do one or the other or both. Yeah, one of the things we do is we absolutely tell people to to um, take the match, right? So if it's 6% contribution and they're going to match 6% the company, then you absolutely want to do that. That's free money. Then I coach people to go outside their work plan and create their own account, whether it be a Roth or whether it be an after-tax account. And then once they feel like that's satisfied, then if you still have extra, go back to your work plan and put more money in, in there. And why is that? Just for personal liquidity. We don't know what life's going to bring, um, and we want people to be flexible in the types of tax buckets that they have so that they um, don't feel like they're stuck on just one decision if, if life takes them in a different direction. That's all good stuff, but within a plan, if they have both options, Roth or traditional 401k or 403b or 457, do you do any kind of tax planning, or or, or if they're young, do you say do Roth? Or I mean, how do you coach people? I I think listeners and sometimes prospective clients are are confused about what what to do within their plan. I truly look at their current tax rates. And then look at what the break even would have to be and how long that's going to take. Um, and, and that's simply it. I just look at their tax bracket yeah. and say, mm, I wouldn't pay that much to get into a Roth right now. Um, if the market's yeah. down, I might think completely different. Mm. All right, Sorry, Susie. Yep, six five one four six one nine two two six. In the couple of minutes we have left, let's see if we can't get canst on our news line to ask a question quickly. Go ahead, Kent. You're on with Bruce and Peg. Yeah, Kent, a quick comment. You guys are great. Now, in the old days, all my friends and all that kind of stuff, we had issues that came up. We had differences in opinions on things, and it probably followed somewhat party lines issues. So we send this up to our Congress to talk it all out, and they do what's best for the country, and they vote, and we accept whatever they decide on. Now this is switched. We go up to the country and these people up there are so polarized. They, how can you have an issue? And it's exactly according to party lines. I mean, they are deadlocked. And what has caused us down here at the water fountain to agree on things yep. more between us? What we agree on, we got a bunch of wing nuts up there leading the country now. Mm-hmm. Why can't they get together and do what their function is? All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that. I know, as you mentioned at the beginning of the program, Bruce and Peg, that politics and division – 
goes back to your original starting point with stress and feeling kind of pulled in a lot of different directions with a lot of emotions around what's happening in Washington, D.C., for sure. Yeah, so I, I remain, yeah, I remain neutral, so I won't comment on that. No, I understand, but his division, as you said at the beginning, Bruce, about how divided this country is, does mm-hmm. make for a more stressful feeling. It, and, it know, does, yeah. and I and and I will I will comment on it to that extent. Thank you, Kent, for listening and and your and the question. So, yeah, there is division, and there is gridlock in Washington, and there always has been. And you know, there's degrees of how bad it is, or or sometimes it's worse than others. But to to the point that you know, we started the day talking about stress that this contributes to the stress. I don't think there's any question about it. And I think in the first half of the show, Peg actually brought up that our politics can influence our stress or our, our, our optimism or, or, or pessimism about our personal finance and about the economy. And I'll just tell a really quick story, and we're, I know we're almost out of time, but I was recently in a business meeting with a, a, a business partner, not a partner at Wealth Enhancement Group, but a partner in some of my other business interests. And he, was, uh, he, he has a particular political persuasion, which is he doesn't hide. And based on that, he was saying some things at this meeting that I didn't think were right, but there is no right or wrong answer. It's, it's, it's nebulous. There's, you can look at facts and interpret them differently, and that's part of what happens in politics. We all want a better country, but we might not agree on the best way to get there. But he, he got done, and it was a meeting that it wasn't appropriate for me to, um, to, to disagree with them or to, or to say anything, so I just let it go. But in my own head, I was, he was very negative, and in my own head, I was very positive. Well, the last four weeks have actually been very good. So, so far, it turns out I was right, but I didn't come to that opinion based on politics. I came to that opinion based on things I saw in the economy and things that were going on. So, uh, Kent, your point is not lost on us, but we're not going to fix that one on this show. <laughs> uh, vote. I guess I would tell everybody, vote. That's right. Well, both of you, thank you so much for your time, as always, on a Sunday or on this day. The show is called Your Money with Wealth Enhancement. And if you did not get your question answered or your text question answered, you can call the folks at Wealth Enhancement. They are there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's one eight 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 six advice Or you can email them at your money. Actually, your money at wealthenhancement.com. See you next time.